Hello. Hello. Who's this? So, uh, you know, the factory must have had a uh, block because where uh, where we're recording and it's rolling live. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna step in. I'm I'm gonna let you finish. Okay. Dion, Giolito, yes. Kilo, Alpha, Papa, Lima, Oscar, Whiskey, India, Tango, Zero, Powered by Illusione Cigars. This is the unofficial and unauthorized Disillusione D program podcast. Welcome to the Society for January 2020. I am Capitalist Media. With me, as we've already clumsily established, is my co-host, the vaulted and venerable. Did I use those words right, Dion? I don't even know what those words mean. I didn't get to the V's yet in the dictionary. They're well down the road. Owner of Illusione Cigars... This is a surprise. It is. And I you're loud we... and clear. Great. Yeah, I, that, that's awesome. Even better. I'm, I'm sitting here in Nicaragua at a good friend's uh, spot, Nicholas Melillo. He generously offered up his network to do this podcast. And I was getting to, because I didn't know we were recording live. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but the the factory must have had a block on their IP, so looks like we got around it, and uh, I'm here with you. Wow, and, and we already dropped our first name, Nick Melillo. Right. For those tuning in, if they weren't going to tune in before, well, I don't know how they would have known that we were going to talk about Nick Melillo, and we might continue not to, but it's a name. And uh, so, so I'm in an odd situation now, Dion, where I had announced that we were going to have a show. Then I filed an addendum to that announcement saying it was going to happen on the 23rd. Now I'm going to have to file an addendum to said addendum and right. have the show now. It's, it's a roller coaster, man. It is. It's a roller coaster. It's a rock and roll lifestyle. And and you're living it, Dion. The, the Epernay. Let's get right into it. Let's talk cigars for a second. Okay. Because we already, I mean, we mentioned Nick Melillo. It's obviously a cigar show. The Epernay, number four. First of all, number seven in Cigar Aficionado. We've discussed that. Number four in Dojo. Somehow number 13 in Half Wheel. It's it's getting a ton of men, men a ton of mentions in the lists. It is so. Look, I think as far as podcasts or not podcasts, but I think as far as like blogs are concerned, everybody, including top down from cigar aficionado all the way down to um, me, I guess I guess you, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they always want to break the new what's the new what's the latest right and they want to get on there they want to be the first have because you know it drives traffic it drives traffic and so uh charlie i think has brought this up in the past that it's not the best uh thing for like whether it's a consensus vote or whatever because 
Everybody right. gets it on there. Everybody's excited about it. Maybe that excitement translates over into the rating or the conversations that you have with cigar industry dudes. And, <laughs> and uh, dudettes. And yeah. hold on. And dudettes. Right. Okay. All right. Let's not leave anybody out in, in, in pronouns. Right. For all so, the pronouns. Yeah. The whole so spectrum. I, I think that you know, that might sway a little bit. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of good palettes out there. There's a lot of good guys that know what they like and know what to look for. But anyways, invariably you just see with the exception of like, maybe like say cigar aficionado, which, which goes back and reviews different cigars and older cigars and established cigars, brand cigars, core lines, what have you everybody else just kind of reviews the latest and the greatest and the newest. And uh, I think their, their lists kind of get compiled from there, from, from the whole, uh, you know, from, from the whole buzz, from the whole. Well, I I, I think it's almost, it, it almost goes toward proving one of my original sentiments when we talked about this previously. It's the cigar aficionado crowd is not necessarily the cigar geek crowd. And I use the term geek again, of course, lovingly. I'm a geek. It, I'm a geek. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a dork. I'm a weirdo. I'm all those things. But cigar aficionado has posited themselves much more mainstream wise. So I almost take, even though a list like Charlie's, like Half Wheels, is I believe like uh, it, it, it takes other people. It's like a vote. Is that the, isn't it like it's other smokers? It's, it's smokers just uh, yeah. positing what they like. Maybe a I popularity contest. That, maybe a popularity contest, perhaps even a circle jerk. But also it, it's, it's, it's a voice of the geek. And those guys and girls and everywhere again in between, they really know what they're talking about because they're deep in it. And maybe even in some ways deeper in it than cigar aficionado. So there is some cause for taking that rather seriously. I think. Otherwise, why do it? Right. Otherwise, why do it? I will say, you know, we had trouble with this, with this platform. There's a lot of trouble going on with platforms. There's FCC stuff we won't get into. And I did watch some of Charlie's Facebook Live. And nothing against him. He's up against the same shit we're all up against. Very in and out on the reception quality of it. And he was, I noticed, uh, in front of a nice backdrop and very clean, very professional. And then you have this, where I don't even know if we're talking until we're talking. And uh, it really, it becomes like a philosophical thing. And I'm going to eliminate Charlie because this isn't about Charlie. I have respect for them because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing because I wouldn't have an audience. They paved the way. And I give them props for that. Right, right. You wouldn't be sitting on a pile of dirty laundry in a wife beater talking about cigars with me right now if it wasn't for him. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I couldn't have summed it up any better because I'm not good at this. But uh, it's, it's really, you shoot, my philosophy is you shoot for a finished product 
and you shoot yourself in the foot. What we do with the podcast, with the YouTube, with the live streams, it shouldn't be as manicured. It shouldn't be attempted to be as well-produced as CBS, as Fox. Because when you try for that, you could only fail. And to me, that looks worse than you and me going, are you there? Oh my God, you're there. So maybe, maybe we're just, it's, it's kind of like shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah. And, and it's, and we, this is new media. It's still new media. We shouldn't strive to become just like the old media. This is new. Right. Then you would become institutionalized or dare I say it industry standard exactly and then all of a sudden you're at the end of animal farm one of my favorite books and they're all turning into pigs because you deconstruct the old and then you build the new the same way and you're left at the same end and maybe we don't need to do that gorilla podcast a gorilla podcast I'm pretty sure people are going to be able to hear this. And there it is. It's lo-fi. It's lovely. It's content-driven. And the context is we're here as a new form of media where we're getting it done gorilla style. Not gorilla right. style. I'm not currently eating a banana. Gorilla. I'm not sure how you spell the other one. G-U. G-U. So it's not yeah. G-E-U. It's G-U-E. I, I speaking of new media though, I I don't remember. I, I wanted to ask you something. This is very cigar centric. This episode thus far, we haven't got to the cereal yet, or the bacon, or Joe Buck. But I saw a video of you assembling a cigar and talking about it uh, on a Facebook Live. I think it was a live, or it was a Facebook video. And you said something there that really caught my attention. You said that when you blend, you look for more of a neutral wrapper, Dion. That is correct. That flies in the face of a lot of what people hear a lot of other places where the wrapper makes up. I mean, I've heard stupid. I don't want to say anything is stupid, but I've heard stupid uh, amounts of percentages Dep- that the wrapper the makes up. Seb- Depending on the ring size, of course, the larger ring sizes, the larger gauges are going to have less to do with the wrapper, of course. But 60% of the cigar is the wrapper. I've heard 70% of the cigar is the wrapper. And once you get up to that, it sounds good, but it also doesn't sound good because it's like, why do anything else? Just roll up the wrapper and smoke right. it. If it's that important. Well, that's it. Yeah. So 70% dominant wrapper flavor. Yeah. You're probably smoking like a, a three by 24 <laughs> you know you're smoking an al capone you're smoking a you know, whatever but uh no it, i do i do i do i do blend with keeping in mind that the wrapper is more neutral in flavor because wrappers depending on the type of wrapper right i mean and the way it's fermented the way it's aged the way you take it through so Nick and I were actually having the conversation last night. We were smoking one of his cigars. Nick Melillo. Yeah, Nick Melillo, Foundation Cigar Company. Mm-hmm. And I was smoking the cigar. I'm like, man, this is fantastic. It's on point. 
And, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to pick it apart. I was trying to figure out and he's like, no, man, it's not that it's not this. And I'm like, well, I'm getting this. And he's like, no, it's like the flavor is coming from the wrapper because he's using this great Kentucky, uh, broadleaf. And it just Mm. got this beautiful, sweet, oily characteristic. And it was imparting a lot of flavor to the cigar, you know, this is a 46, 48 ring gauge. And I just, I, you know, I was blown away. I mean, it, it actually works. Uh, in, in my experience with the wrappers that I use, you know, I, I pretty much have only used one wrapper for the most part, my entire career. And that's various types of uh, Corojo wrapper, right. with the exception of Habano Ecuador, but Habano Ecuador can impart a very, too, depending on on the fermentation process and how far you take it through and how, how long you you know put your do your little age on it or your twists but hmm. just to i think f- for myself i just learned early on that blending around the wrapper it can really spike the flavors and really kind of cover up the delicacies and the little nuances and finesse right. of the of the filler that I really want to feature. Right. And it really, that's, that's a trick that I got from Hanky. That was hmm. a little bit of advice I got a long time ago from Hanky because Hanky does the same thing, right. Originally when they, when they started doing Davidoff classic original, you know, <laughs> using Connecticut shade, then they use Habano Connecticut. And so it just, it, it, it stuck with me and it rang so true because it's, it's almost like one less thing he has to worry about putting huh. it together it should it should have good combustion it should be aesthetically pleasing and right. look it there is some degree of of influence that the wrapper will have i don't care you can't take a hundred percent of the flavor out of the wrapper it's just right but it but, it's, but it's it should impossible. have some it should have you, you right. like you said some degree of influence on right. it otherwise by definition and i'm writing about this now for the site for capitalist.xyz balance Right. Because uh, don't you have to always keep, I mean, to me, balance is uh, beyond construction and combustion so that you can actually smoke something that holds together. Right. Balance and is really key. And you don't is. want it skewed by a, by a certain leaf one way well, or the other. And that's, that's anything. It could be skewed by one leaf in, 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 the, uh, in the guts, in the filler. It could be skewed by the binder. It could be skewed by the wrapper. But from my standpoint, from where I'm coming at, it's... I'm looking for aesthetically pleasing person wrapper that has good combustion driven by the combustion of the binder. But more importantly, the tobaccos that I, that I really choose in the guts, you know, in the filler have a lot of complexity to them. And I really don't want to cover that complexity up or, or mask it. Right. Uh, Generally when you're, when you're going through to, tobaccos like i i went through about 35 bales of tobacco today just you know smoking through them and taking Ooh. notes on uh on, on on the various profiles in there so like if i'm putting together a new blend and i've talked about this many times before generally tobaccos might have two maybe three characteristics at the most you know flavors that just jump right out at you they're, they're they can be in in a lot of regards generally benign as far as flavors go. And then when you put it together, that's where kind of like the magic happens, the, the percentages, <laughs> the, the, the pieces, the parts, everything that comes together into the full picture, into the full recipe, then you have a blend. But again, taking that one particular component 
that I like to find that might have five or six flavors in it, then building around that and making sure that your, your binders don't dominate some of the flavors in your filler or even that your wrapper dominates. It should enhance. It should never cover up. And that's always what I'm looking for. It should, the tobaccos, no matter what you're using, should enhance and get along and play with each other and lift them up rather than cover them up or push them down. So yeah. balance. Having, yeah, balance. And right. that's when you get, the complexities come after the balance. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just a cacophony of, it's, right. it's noise. Right. It, it, it's helter-skelter. It's not lovely. It's not balanced. And yeah. that's, like I said, what I'm writing about. But more important than all that, Dion, I wanted to get, I wanted to get your take on something. How do you feel about Bacon and Joe Buck? So first of all, I love Bacon. Second Good. of all, I have no idea who Joe Buck is. He is a guy that apparently, um, I, I had to look into this because I see a lot of him on Twitter. And um, he's apparently a guy that talks about sports and uh, during sports that are happening. And apparently people just hate this poor guy, Joe Buck. And it's a very popular thing to hate this guy, Joe Buck. But it's also a very popular thing to love bacon. So, Dion, if I could be so bold as to offer you advice, your take on bacon is spot on. You love bacon. I love bacon. We all love bacon. Hashtag bacon. But you got to come down harder on Joe Buck. Okay. So it sounds like to me, he kind of does like a mystery science 2000 or a mystery science 3000 thing where you got a, you got a couple of robots and a dude sitting on the screen. You see the back of their heads and they just comment on the movie, <laughs> the big screen movie as it goes, which is very, very funny. I don't know if you've ever seen it or if anybody. Oh, some of my favorite, of some mystery. of my favorite yeah. stuff. Some of my favorite Brilliant. Stuff. Just hilarious. I mean, you could watch it for like 20, 30 minutes and just be bored out of your mind. Then somebody, then one of the things says one comment and you're just, you just have tears in your eyes because it's so funny. You know, they're, they're very quick. They're very quick with the quip. Yeah. And, and very apparently unscripted, which I love. I, I, I love yeah. unscripted and long form. I love right. waiting for the funny, like, hold on, let's not, let's not give up yet. It's coming. Right. That's, that's why we all listened to four hours of Howard Stern back then. Right. Because it would be, it would be an hour and a half of just, you know, fingers on the chalkboard, man, I really want, but you know, you're, you're not going to turn it because you know, that one thing, Artie Lang's going to come right across and he's going to say something and you're just going to be, you're just going to be screaming out loud. Right. Because it's so funny. Artie he was Lang. really the nuts and bolts of that show. Artie Lang. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, doing great nowadays. Artie Lang. Yeah. Did I, he I don't get know a nose mean... job yet? Uh, no, well, he got the nose job via Coke. Right. But I don't think well, he's I got the he corrective got a, yeah, nose job just yet. No, yeah, he, kind of, he hasn't got it. <laughs> it's kind of like a pancake <laughs> flapping in the wind on his face. Jesus right now. Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's, he's, he's like a walking don't do drugs. Right. PSA. He, he's the poster child for do the exact opposite that I do. Ex- except from in comedy. Right. But let's right. separate it. You, you, you want to play basketball like Michael Jordan, but you don't want to necessarily have the gambling habit. But if you play basketball like Michael Jordan, you could cover your gambling habit. So maybe that's a bad analogy. But at the end of the day, you don't want a nose like Artie Lang. Or, right. or maybe you do. 
but he's a, he's a comedic genius. And yeah, I, I tuned in to Howard Stern for a long time because of him. Because of him. But he's no Joe Buck. And I have to say, I've never heard Joe Buck do anything. But, no, but he, it's, it's We're talking me. about somebody that we really don't even know. Who we don't Which even is know hilarious about. because uh, people just hate this guy. But they choose to listen to him and then tweet about how much they can't stand them. And I, do, I don't get the internet, Dion. I don't get the internet, but I do love bacon. Hashtag how, how, bacon. How, how are we broadcasting if you don't get the internet? Is this dial up? I'm, I'm, I'm talking into a tin can. Yeah. Is this, uh, are, are you on your AOL, uh, AOL account? I, <laughs> I'm on my screaming robot <laughs> AOL <laughs> dial up. Yeah, you remember that. But, uh, but yeah, if I can impart anything, Dion, again, please come down heavier on your hatred of Joe Buck, even if it has to be manufactured. No, man, because you no. want to. I can't. I can't. I don't know the dude. Number one, I don't know the guy, so I can't hate him. Number well, two, then you have to love even, Bacon more. Even the people that I know that I truly dislike, I don't hate. You know why? I, hey, dude, I hate, just had hating is know, such oh, a. It, 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 it requires so much energy. It smacks of effort. Can I, can it's I tell best you just a, to not talk about it? Can I tell you a story that didn't happen, but I'm going to posit it as something that I experienced in real life? I don't think I can stop you. There you go. Thank you. But, uh, well, you're a co-host. You can't probably stop me, but I'm not sure how you would physically do that. But uh, anyway, back to what we were saying about the rapper. You remember when we talked about building a better burger? Yes. Okay, so so follow me. This is something that didn't happen to me, but I'm going to, again, posit it like it did. I was working as a chef, a sous chef, and the executive chef came in one day with an artisan bun, and it was a, it was a brilliant bun. It was crispy on the outside, a little bit of proper amount of flakiness. It was, it was heavenly inside. It was like a cloud, a, a yeasty cloud on the inside. And it was just the most brilliant bun. And if you ate it independently of the hamburger that it was destined to encompass, it was the best bun you've ever eaten. But then you put the burger in there. And, and even when you put the burger in there with the minced onions drizzled into the melted cheese, chopped, as per your minced. instruction, chopped, chopped. Not sorry, minced. minced. Minced is how um, closeted homosexuals used to walk back in the 70s. I'm sorry. Chopped. Um, so when you put it all together, when you put it all together, this pristine bun with this perfectly prepared hamburger, it didn't taste right because you tasted the bun. It was still all about the bun. But then the bun, Dion, the bun got a little soggy as buns do when they're employed as they're supposed to be employed by again, holding a hamburger. So you couldn't quite taste all the hamburger. You couldn't quite taste the onion melted into the cheese. You still tasted predominantly that artisan bun, but it wasn't as great as it was before in and of itself. It seems like that pretend thing that actually didn't happen to me is a really good analogy for what we're talking about with putting too much emphasis on the wrapper in cigar manufacture. Mm -hmm. I went right. a long way to make that point. And what I get from you, Dion, is uh-huh. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. That was good. Yeah. We could edit so, that out if you want. 
No, it's okay. I remember one bun on a burger. <laughs> I remember this one bun. And we you remember one burger. I'm sorry. You remember one burger on a bun. One you bun. Want- it's one bun in particular that comprised oh. the entire burger. So I don't know if you ever heard of it. You're in the you're in the in the food industry. You may know, but it was almost like this par cooked bun, and it was a little more dense, and and, and it was almost like this pale white. Okay, so hmm. what it is, it, you it was pale white, and you can either cook it the rest of the way. But what this place did was they threw it on the grill. Okay. They uh. buttered it and then they threw it on the grill. So it had like this real, it was almost had like this toothy, chewy texture to it. It was a burger. Mm. It was a burger bun by any other, by any other definition. It was a burger bun, but it was just like, sli- it was like par cooked, slightly undercooked, a little thicker. So it almost had like the texture of like, say a pretzel bun or a pretzel roll, but it wasn't too... It wasn't overly doughy or chewy or just like it wasn't, it wasn't so big gummy. That you, you Did could, it get? Yeah, it wasn't, seems like it would almost no, get gummy, but it, it didn't. Could, okay, right. But it, it wasn't. It wasn't so big that it just couldn't fit in your mouth. You know, it was slick, slick on the top and whatever. But this one bird, it just all came together, and it was like so crunchy, like on the bottom of the bun where they put the butter on it, and then just mm. like the top had just almost like this. It was almost like this what do I want to say? You know how like sometimes like just like that slightly undercooked cookie is like the best cookie. It's like uh, slightly yeah, undercooked yeah. cookies chocolate are chip, really, really chip. good. Yeah. Chocolate, but slightly, that's how I like my chocolate chips. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. But slightly overcooked cookies are just like, it, it's like, like the, it's depressing. It's like the biggest letdown, you know, it's like terrible. an overcooked cookie, but slightly undercooked is like, they're, they're like the best, right? They're miraculous. It was kind of like the same way this burger Bun huh. was. If I can make if I can make an analogy, analogy. You can. Thing. You did. So, yeah. There you have it. Uh huh. I'm gonna give you your uh huh back mm-hmm. at you, and I just want to say that I hate Joe Buck. Right. That son of a bitch. Uh, I, I, was I there bacon on the hamburger? I couldn't tell. Well, you, you could. You could you put bacon tell. on you. You could have made it one of those bacon barbecue burgers. I've actually had it like that before, but. How, how do you? I, I'm on the fence about bacon on a hamburger. Right. Okay. So you bite into the burger with bacon, right? And if it's like slightly undercooked, it's chewy. The first bite, basically, and you and you take a bite and you pull your mouth away from the burger, and all the bacon comes out. Not good, right? It's not, not good because it, it all no. comes out, and then you're like trying to shove the bacon into your mouth, hoping nobody sees, you know, the savage that's over there eating his bacon <laughs> cheeseburger. It's the cheese sliding off of your pizza right. all then at once. The, then by the opposite, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum is like if they prep the bacon ahead, right? If they prep the bacon ahead, and then it, you know, there's that fine point to where it gets crispy, and then there's that that point to where it turns into like like chewing on it just it's really hard it, it's too hard it's like inedible it's like it's a sitting texture around. It's, it's it's a texture dried texture. out a little bit and so now you're eating this nice soft burger bun and cheese and all of a sudden it's like this crunchy rock hard piece of bacon in it that like kind of hurts your teeth when you chew it yeah. but that's not cool either I'll tell so, you how you don't want to. I'll tell you how you don't want to prepare your bacon, particularly for using it on a hamburger. Don't put it in the oven. I know a lot of restaurants do this, particularly in convection ovens. And now we're a food podcast, but right. don't don't prepare your bacon in the oven. 
it dries it out and makes it into shoe leather. It's supposed to be on the top of the grill. Well, it depends on how long it depends on how long you leave it in there. You know, one can also well, that's true too. I like flat, crispy bacon. So you know, you put the bacon on the flat top, and then you put the uh, flat iron on on top of it. Exactly. Then it's perfect. That is then it's absolutely perfect bacon. And then you you bite into it like that. Yeah, and you bite into it. Uh, Yeah, and then it just crumbles, crunchy, everything. So there, there is a master bacon maker out out there, and that is. Any of the chefs at Bouchon, like in Las hmm. Vegas, you know, the Thomas Keller restaurants, so. yeah, they yeah, know so. how to make bacon. They really, really do. That's interesting. I, 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 sh- I should check it out. But I'm not even a chef anymore. When I talk about being a chef, this, this, this was like a decade ago. We didn't even have bacon back then, back when I was a chef. But no, it's just... I appreciate the taste of bacon, of course, because I love bacon, but it's very much a texture thing that puts me on a fence when you throw that onto a hamburger. And I think that's what the problem is. It gets thrown onto a hamburger. You know what? You know how I don't like bacon. You know, what's probably the worst form of bacon out there consistently. No, a rasher of bacon is good. The rasher, the bacon Mm. rasher is good. You know, the British rasher that I, I, I can, I can handle that. Right. If it, if it fry it up properly, it's good. No, right. the type of the type or the style of bacon or whatever the, the presentation or how it is, I don't like the big hotel pan of buffet bacon. Like when you walk <laughs> up and there's like that big, <laughs> greasy, nasty pile of bacon, and, and you walk up and the first thing you do is like, okay, I know there's at least one or two good pieces in there. So you find yourself with the tongs, looking for a good piece of bacon that's just not you know soggy and limp and lifeless and it's like a you might trough find of one, bacon. a trough of bacon right so you might get a couple of pieces where like half the piece of bacon half the slice of, ba- of bacon is really good it's like where you want it then the other half which has kind of been like stuck under like two pounds of the pile of other bacon and then it's just like inedible you know yeah yeah, yeah. bacon buffet bacon is 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 I, I i and i don't want to hate on bacon i mean but if i were to hate no you can't we love bacon we've established that it is the buffet bacon buffet bacon is the worst of all bacon forms but it's buffet so but how, how about buffet scrambled eggs you ever have the pleasure of that same thing dude okay so so yeah buffet scrambled eggs probably just as bad if not worse bypass the hotel pan the trough of scrambled eggs because they are rubbery rock hard just go over the omelet dude that's making because this is what you can do okay you have the freedom to do this we live in america walk over to the dude that's sitting at the omelet station and say can you scramble me up two eggs please and they'll say but there's a whole thing there's a whole trough of eggs over there in the buffet, and they're like, you're yeah, right. No, no, no. No. I want you to make me two soft scrambled eggs. Reluctantly, you, he will do it, and they will be delicious. Do how do stay you make scrambled stay eggs? Away. That's tricky. Scrambled eggs is one way of separating a good cook from a bad cook. Okay, so How do they eggs, make scrambled eggs? Scrambled eggs can be made very, very quickly and perfectly. This is how you do it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm what you write do... Okay, what you do, you take two or three eggs or whatever it is, and you can either use heavy cream or milk. You know, you usually pour in a couple of teaspoons or tablespoons of milk. Mm. And then what you do is you, you, you vigorously mix it. 
or froth it yes. with a fork. Froth it with a fork, okay. or, you can, froth it. or you can use a whisk. You're absolutely but, right because that's what the you first, wanted, That's the first yes. pitfall. People don't scramble them enough. You you have to froth. You have to get them frothy. You actually have to work air into the egg. Exactly. You have to work in exactly. egg and then exactly. you put it into the pan, right? And then you pour it into the pan, and then it's a constant slow motion. You're moving the pan, and you're moving your uh, whatever you're using. If you're using a, a wooden spoon or a spatula or those little... I prefer um, spatula, but right, yeah, like you can a spa- use yeah. anything. Yeah, and then you just work it, and you roll it around as you're, as you're stirring. And it slowly starts to come together, and it'll slowly start to curdle and make make it and then just when you think that it is too runny mm. you t- you take it off the heat oh, you take it off the heat beautiful and then you stir it a couple more times and by the time it goes to your plate it is the perfect plate of soft eggs it's not runny you don't have any nailed it uh yeah you don't have any egg yolk you don't have any what's the white part the 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 the, the egg uh, white clear that's that's the, the white egg part. white the white yes, thank yes. you right the, right the egg white you don't have any of that roaming around in there. You just have this perfect little plate of scrambled eggs. And, 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 and just, butter. Just I would say, I would add to that, you put butter yes. in the pan, of course. So I, I, Not I heard, oil, butter. Yeah, well, I thought, every, I thought everybody already understood I, that. Yeah, if, we, if we're doing a like 101, a we have to do yeah. a 101. Yeah. And now... It, yeah, you've got to yeah. put in a lot of butter. I mean, like, like about a half to three quarter inches of butter in there. So it's almost like bubbling around, except butter gets worked into yes, it. Yes, yes. But not burnt butter. Don't burn the fucking butter. No, 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 no. You can't burn the butter because then the eggs is brown. Take on this unnatural characteristic and not good. No good. Not good. No good. I learned how to uh, do this, how to make the perfect egg, from none other than Gordon Ramsay via YouTube. Yeah, via YouTube. He's a little overboard. He uses like three sticks of butter. He's a he's 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 a bit Paula Deen. But but also at the end he's like and then you bring it up to your wife and you give it to her in bed, and he said that very very tongue in cheek. But honestly, I will take culinary advice begrudgingly from an Englishman, but I'm not going to take bedroom advice from an Englishman. That just seems bad. Whoa, is that too much? Well, when have you ever needed it? When have you ever needed that type of advice? Well, I haven't. In the interest of fairness, but if I were to look for it, it wouldn't be in the cold-blooded Englishman department. So I can't remember who it was, but I was watching this show, How to Make Eggs, right? And it was this French cook. And it's a very, very traditional French-style cook. And he's like, it's very difficult, but it's very easy to make it. Usually the top chefs, or at least from what many people have said, they say, okay, you come in, they got all the ingredients. You know, you say you walk into a, a classically French Michelin star restaurant, whatever it is, okay? And they say, okay, we're going to try you out. We're going to see what, how, how good you are. Mm. Make me an omelet. Make me an omelet, <laughs> right? You can pretty much tell every – you can pretty much get everything you need to know out of that guy depending on how he makes that omelet. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And if he doesn't make it correctly, you can stop right there. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming out. Bye. We'll let you know. Yes. Don't call right. us. Right. And we won't and call you. It's the same you. way. It's the same way. You know. Lo- you know. Medium. 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 Low heat. 
agitating the spatula, you know, rolling the pan as you go until it just all sort of comes together and then take it off the oven immediately. Exactly. And then, exactly. You, and then you, and then you don't flip it. You kind of no, put no, no, the no, spatula no, no. under it and then you roll the, the edge, you roll it over yes. on top of itself. Yes. And then you slide it onto the plate. Yes. And there's your omelet. Wow. I'm hungry. Not really. I do have eggs though. But uh, yeah, so th- this is this is now every once in a while, Dion. Honestly, in the interest of full disclosure, I'm not sure why people tune in, and people do statistically speaking right. tune in. Right now, I know this is one episode that I could know why people tune in. And while we're doing food now, now that we're knee deep in food. I, I was joking, but not joking about this with you on Twitter. Um, hot, cold cereal, hot or cold. Do you have a preference? Like, in other words, hot cereal, like malto meal, like oatmeal or cold cereal, like cornflakes so or Wheaties. I don't, it just dep- it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. I think if I'm, I think if I'm hungover, maybe. And I got that box of peanut butter crunch mm. sitting in the pantry or the closet or whatever it is. I, I mean, I think that's that's good or the fruity pebbles. But I really kind of like you brought up like cream of wheat or malto meal. Mm. My mom was always bummed out at me, right? Because she would make cream of wheat, and it would always be like this really nice, you know, perfect consistency. And she she made it like you were supposed to make it, right? Right. I mean, just nice, creamy, whatever. But we'd always go over to our friend's house, and if they'd make us cream of wheat, her mom wouldn't pay attention to it a lot. It would kind of get lumpy. It would have like these chewy, lumpy bits in there. Ugh. And I loved that. I whoa, whoa, loved whoa. you loved the lumpy. I liked the lumpy, chewy cream of wheat. I just I don't know. It added added this this layer of texture to it, and I'm like, mom. Can you make a slumpy cream of wheat? She just look at us like we were growing two heads. Oh. You know, me and my brother. What your and brother I, I was love... in on this too? Your oh, poor mom. Oh, he, loves, he loves lumpy cream of wheat. And I tell you what, I have not been able to recreate. Is somebody laughing in the background? We're, we're, we're having a yeah, serious that's conversation. Nick. That's, that's Nicholas. We're having a yeah. serious conversation. I, I I thought we were. I, apparently, people in the room don't think we are. I've never been more insulted. Having a serious conversation. I've never been more insulted. Nick can only hear one side, so he only hears my side. He doesn't. Oh, that's why he side. thinks it's funny because if he was to hear right. my side, it's right. dull and boring. Funny like how? Like a clown? I amuse you. <laughs> funny how? <laughs> well, Nick Melillo's laughter aside. Yeah, uh, I, I, it, this is very important stuff, and, and I have to say that the making of hot cereal is a culinary endeavor. Mm. You can't get like everything. You can't get the peanut butter Captain Crunch that's pre-made. You have to add a scoop of peanut butter, but how much peanut butter? You have to know. Well, I don't. I've never done that. Oh, I, I you don't need to do that. Make my own. You need to my do own that. peanut butter crunch. It does Nick make you? It, does Nick make it for you? That's foreign to me. I, how do you make your own peanut butter? No, crunch? no, no. I'm saying this you is... can make your own rendition of that in the hot cereal by adding some peanut butter to your gotcha. cream of okay. wheat to your malt you know meal. How, 
so how I've had that before you, it, it's funny you mentioned that, uh, you, uh, whip up some peanut butter and you put it in your, your oats, like your hot oats. That's really good. Yeah. I, I mean, your oatmeal. It's a culinary experience part. Yeah. None. When you delve into the hot cereal sphere, the cold cereal is great. You got much more at your disposal. You go to the store and you get a box or whatever. If you want berries, if you want chocolate, it's right there. Don't you love going to the store and looking at the at the dry cereal aisle? It's like, okay, it's I'm going to go. Spot. I really, yeah, I really feel like uh, Captain Crunch. Or I really feel like Apple Jacks. Apple Jacks are one of my all-time favorites. Apple Jacks are awesome. I'm not sure Seriously. what they're supposed to taste like, but that's an awesome taste. But I'll get to, I'll get to the aisle, right? And I'll spend 20 minutes on that damn aisle looking at all these great cereals, you know? And finally, you know, my wife will be just like, okay, I'm going to go and do the rest of the shopping. I'll meet you, whatever. I'll meet you over by the Ziploc bags. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. You know, I just, I have this, my eyes are like. Fixated. Just swirling on these cereals. And I'm like, well, there's just too many choices. Oh, look, you know, there's Cookie Jarvis. There's the. uh, The the the, uh, marketing, the artwork. Cocoa Crisp, Cocoa Crisps. There's Count Chocula, you know, there's Boo Berry. I mean, it's like, I want them all. I want them all. But I can't. Why it's can't like you? A cup this of sugar. Is, Dion, like this is America. You can have Dude, your cereal. Right, but here's the problem. And your diabetes. Okay, so I wake up. Right, that's it. So you wake up. You just spent eight hours sleeping. You wake up. You get that whatever it is, the cookie Jarvis, the cinnamon toaster swirl crunch or oh, whatever. Gosh, you eat it. It's got, it's got like a cup and a half cup and a half of sugar in there and then immediately immediately you go into a diabetic coma and you sleep another two hours and you wake up and you do it again welcome to america welcome to america and now i uh, now they have unicorn flavored cereals dion i don't even know what a unicorn tastes like hmm. so i can't say if well, they hit it or not i would have imagined that it was like lucky charms because it had all the colors of the rainbow in there, right? Got Lucky Charms, another great cereal. Fruit Loops. What's Nick Melillo's favorite cereal? Nick, what's your what's your favorite cereal? Life. He likes life. How can you not like life? Life is good. Life, life is, is good. good. It's not a top I liked tier. It. It's not a it's it's, right. it's not a top tier cereal though. It is. It's a it's a very seventies uh, brand of cereal. It's awesome. It's a moment like, in I completely time. I forgot about that moment in time i forgot about it because it's not 1976 also, that's why i forgot smileys? about it smileys, smileys. It's not a oh it's not a cereal he's messing with us god damn it if he doesn't respect Nick, the podcast he likes the life if he doesn't yeah. respect he just, the podcast all right yeah i know he just ruined our podcast jesus right <laughs> You ruined our thing. Another podcast ruined by Nick Melillo. Special thing. Get your own thing. <laughs> <laughs> and if Nick Captain wants Crunchy his own thing, I, I'd like to posit Capitalist Media as Nick's own thing. But he's going yeah. to have to come to date with the cold cereal because life in the year right. of our Lord 2020, it's not a top tier cereal. And you can no. tell him I said that. It's not. It's like if there was top 25 cereals of 2020 that would be like that would be like the top 26 yes 
It would be just outside the top 25. It, 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 27. But in Knicks, but in Knicks, it would probably be number one. Maybe and, number two. And that's why we all love Nick. Life. And that's why we all love Nick. Well, you're going to have to have him on your show so you guys can talk about cereal. Uh, what, this is a cereal podcast now? I thought it was an egg I podcast. I have more egg puns than cereal puns. All right. And believe me, it's an exacting science. But it, wow, what a show. And, and yeah. to think this almost didn't happen, Dion, it scares me. It shudders me to think that this almost yeah, didn't just, happen. What, what are you doing down around. in Nicaragua, though, other than eating cereal? Just, so it's the uh, Perosa Board Nicaraguan Cigar Festival. And so I got here a day or so early just so I can get some work out of the way. Gotcha. Uh, so I can go to all the events and the dinners and stuff. And... Uh, I grabbed a handful of Triple Eight Candelas, and uh, Nick and I are just sitting here smoking them. Ooh. And Thief is uh, director of art. Nice. Sitting here in his loft. Sitting here in his loft. As an artist would. Yeah. Well, in Nick's loft, yeah. Right, right. And and, uh, again, thanks to Nick for making this happen because it wasn't happening before. Yeah, definitely. And uh, how are the Kapowitz Candelas going? You said Candela. How are they they chugging along? Just fine. They're doing good. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. That's we'll we'll make an announcement soon sometime between now and December 31st. <laughs> on when, on when those will be available. But, and now, and, and now to reiterate with the onset because it's very important here on uh, the Disillusione D program podcast for uh, January twentieth, two thousand twenty. Um, look for more news on the Capowitz Candela coming in December, or by December thirty first. No, it's going to be closer. December. It's yeah. going to be it, closer it, it, than right. that. You're it silly. It could be it could be the end of February. It could be the dead heat of summer. I don't know. Who knows? I got to pull my head out of my ass. And uh, well, the gentle persons simply have to stay tuned. Yeah, right. Just go make yourself a lovely scrambled egg and or omelet. Have yourself some hot cereal. I can't recommend life, but if you swing that way, have yourself some life. And I think uh, let's call it a show. Yeah. And um, I'm done. I'm done. I'm officially I'm officially bored. I'm done with this bullshit. Right. I'm done. And fuck Joe Buck. I can't stand that guy, whoever the hell he is. But I do love bacon. And this has been again the Disillusione D program podcast for 2020, 2020. I don't know January. Uh, look for us again. You know the schedule, hopefully, by now. And the vodcast is coming up at the end of the month, and we would be smoking one off. So procure yours now. And uh, this has been Kaplowitz, www.kaplowitz.xyz, illusionescigars.com. Um, fucking, I'm done with this, Dion. Bye. <laughs>